What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. WTAW news time is five minutes after seven. It is 71 degrees. This look at news is brought to you by Aggieland Golf Cards, your independent authorized club car dealer. Golf cars aren't just for golf anymore. Customize your club car to fit your needs at Aggieland Golf Cars on Highway 30. Good morning. I'm Chelsea Reber. Brazos County Commissioners yesterday enacted a burn ban outside of city limits. And maybe that'll bring rain tomorrow. Oh, I hope. <laughs> I hope. The unanimous vote states that the ban will continue until September 28th unless it's terminated earlier by commissioners or the county judge. Brazos County Commissioners are trying to figure out for this November's general election where early voting will take place and what times early voting will be scheduled. County Judge Dwayne Peters warned during yesterday's hour-long discussion about the problems of finding additional election workers to staff four more voting centers during early voting. To me, it looks like a wreck fiction to happen. Commissioner Russ Ford received support for adding voting centers for early voting in Curtin and Milliken instead of those voters driving into Bryan and College Station. Have to drive approximately 20 miles to get to a voting location basically equates to a poll tax. Yesterday's decision to table, which applies to the two weeks of early voting, also proposes moving early voting from Texas A&M's Memorial Student Center to College Station City Hall. Commissioners without discussion passed Election Day voting center locations and times for the November 8th general election. This month's meeting of the Texas A&M Faculty Senate began the 40th year of the organization. With that in mind, the state of the Faculty Center for me is one of celebration tempered by aspiration. This also marks the start of Dale Rice's second year as faculty Senate speaker. 40 years of participating in shared governance, even if it is imperfect, are worth celebrating. And that's a theme you'll hear me repeat throughout this coming year. Rice says the Senate needs to push for a seat at the table when decisions are made that affect their academic lives, specifically noting the implementation of the president's reorganization plan. This month's meeting of the College Station ISD School Board included moving ahead with four more projects associated with voters approving last November's bond issue. The board approved Facilities Director John Hall's recommendation to hire a construction manager at risk for the first phase of CSISD's new career and technology building, also known as the Ag Barn. This project has a revised budget of $6.2 million and is already being designed by VLK Architects with input from CSISD Administration, especially Director of CTE. A couple of locations are being considered for the standalone building. The board also approved spending bond money for CTE canopy additions at Consolidated and College Station High Schools, $2 million of audiovisual equipment at 16 campuses, and a new chiller at College Station Middle School. The prospect of more tree-lined streets in College Station was discussed during the last city council meeting. This is not just a question of, um, of tree huggers and mere aesthetics. It's actually about economic development. Councilman John Crompton says visitors judge the city by the way it looks. People have no idea that we have a first-class police force and a, a, a first-class uh, fire department. They make decisions about uh, their impression of our city from what they can see. City staff offered to visit with the local text 
Office to find out if the state was interested in participating in more landscaping along state highways. WTW News time is eight minutes after seven. It's 71 degrees. This look at news is brought to you by Aggie Land Golf Cars. More news at 7:30 or anytime at WTAW.com. I'm Chelsea Reber for 1620 945 WTAW. Howdy, howdy. It's the Infomaniacs on a Wednesday. Glad you're with us here in the WC Tractor Studio, your local award-winning Kubota New Holland dealer in Bryan and Navasota. Weather's brought to you by Malik Heating and Air. Together with Carrier, keep your cool when the temperatures rise. Front of the line service, $0 diagnostic and never an overtime charge. For total protection plan members, Malik, feel the difference. Sunshine and some afternoon clouds today, high in the middle to upper 90s. Partly cloudy tonight, low in the middle 70s. Partly sunny on Thursday, so showers and thunderstorms may develop in the afternoon, high in the lower 90s. Partly cloudy Thursday night, low in the middle 70s. And intervals of sun and clouds on Friday with some afternoon showers and thunderstorms, high temperatures right around 90 degrees. I'm meteorologist Scott Kaplan, 1620, 94.5 WTAW. And I'm Chris Dusterhoff. Coming up in sports, we'll talk about the Astros' big win over the Mets 9-1 to last night. Rangers also win 8-3. to And Aggie relief pitcher Jacob Palish named All-American by Baseball America. There you go, Friday tickets to the Bombers. Got a pair of those coming up as they play the uh, the dreaded Seguin River Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. go River Monsters. What whatever. kind of name is Rougerous, by the way? Rougerous? I don't know what that means. I have no That's idea. That's the Baton Rouge team. Yeah, right. Mascot. They just we made We got to have up. somebody out there from Louisiana who, who knows. Know what a Rougerous is. And a river monster could be almost anything. Yeah. There's a lot of things that would qualify as a river monster, um, I, would, I would think. I, I would think Baton Rouge would be a better river monster mm. city. That's than... true. I wonder what they're... <laughs> well, but Seguin's got to... I mean, what would you do if you wouldn't do that? Well, that's true. Uh, I don't know. Anyhow, in the meantime... It's all about swag anyway, you know, something that's uh, yeah. on a T-shirt or a hat sure. or something like that. So we got tickets for that. we got four tickets to uh, Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. That's in San Antonio. And uh, we also got a $25 gift card. Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue. We need your first and last name. We need to text in and tell us if you can only have one streaming service. What would it be? Yeah, so let me read some of the responses yeah. we've gotten so far. Uh, somebody said Netflix. Okay. Someone else said Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else said, yeah, I think I'd go with Prime because it's included in my Prime membership. Yeah. So that was kind of a good reason. reason. Right. Yep, absolutely. A couple of you said YouTube TV. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which is really a, kind of a different direction because you know that's your overall TV package versus yeah. kind of an add-on streaming Sure, service, that's right? true. Yeah, I guess so. Someone else texted in Sling TV. Mm-hmm. Same thing, right? Um, okay, yep. And that kind of this one as well, someone said Fubo TV because it has SEC, ESPN, Astros, HGTV, and three Hallmark channels. Ah, there <laughs> so you are. So kind of their yes. go-to, yeah. Uh, and then someone else said, I don't watch a lot of TV. The streaming services from Amazon Prime are enough for me. So... Let us know. Yeah. Add in, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about our favorites uh, a little bit later on in the show. Okay. So, so, um, so here's the deal. Fourth uh, of July coming up, we did the story about Delta, how they're trying to give people a break a little bit. And, sure they you know, are. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're going someplace. And again, Fourth of July is on a Monday this year, so clearly that makes a, a difference as far as how and things And we're going to play the fire music, firework music right here on this very radio station. One more time, exactly. Now, yeah. that's, uh, that is an interesting deal. They're going to have more drones this year than last year. Ooh, okay. Okay. Which will be... Uh, See, I went the year... Bef- I think I went before they had the drones. Okay. I think I've only been once, and, and I want to say it was just fireworks. It but was I heard the, the dr- first year, yeah. Okay, I heard the drones, though, were, were super cool. Well, and that is, and that, that's that's going to be kind of fun again. Now, and so that that's... Uh, let's go talk about the county commissioners. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. The county commissioners usually is not a deliberative body. I mean, they pretty much know what they're going to do. They're pre- they do they do pretty efficient meetings. Sure. But I mean, they spend an hour right talking about the early voting stuff. One more time about that. Yeah, and and still haven't come up with a complete decision. I you know on the surface and again, as I said, I'm an early voter. I do it usually the first day that I can, which, mm-hmm. you know, is different than a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people like, like to wait till the, the election day and understand all that. But uh, I, at least from as, as a guy who's got a, ra- a microphone and I'm on the radio, the idea of taking an early voting location off of campus, I don't see as a bad idea. Oh, uh, you don't? I do not. Because I don't know that students necessarily engage very much. I don't know enough, but I, I will say this. Where they want to move it, to me, is still close enough to campus. Because okay. they're wanting to move it to College Station City Hall. Right. Which is literally across the street from the golf course. Correct. I realize that it might be a little bit further for some students who do use the MSC or faculty members. or Because it's not just students, right? You're also sure. thinking about the campus community. Yep. Um, I, I don't think that College Station City Hall is far enough away from that location that it's a huge deal the other thing is you've actually got parking yeah, uh, now par- and i do think they verify i want to say they validate parking on early vo- on maybe on voting day or something i, I don't know i don't want to speak out of out of right turn it wouldn't be worth going to find a parking spot on campus right but the fact that with- yeah the, the city hall you could park somewhere e- more easily i would think the other side of that argument okay. is texas a&m when you talk faculty, staff, and students, is a community in and of itself. Yeah, And if you have absolutely. something that is close to them, mm-hmm. then I understand that. Yeah, And I did like Elizabeth Kunha's point that you are discussing this during the summer when a large majority of those people are not may not be here. Sure. And the, it's like they came back and you changed the rules right. somewhere. Right. So understand the challenge there. Um, it, Russ Ford's comments about it being almost like a poll tax because people had to drive a long way was interesting. Mm-hmm. An interesting take on that. And uh, once again, <clears throat> I understand. Did you hear my eyes roll? Yeah. <laughs> I understand the idea that having to drive a long way to vote early is a problem. I just don't know that it's not an if you're if you're aware enough of where the other early voting places are. Do you not come into the city of Bryan? Do you not come into the right, city of College ever Station for two weeks? Yeah, and, and and you know my my other question is if all of the the issues with Galilee Baptist being closed in that last primary runoff election whatever are we talking about this right now? The, yeah. Well, the, what? So do, why are you why are you asking that? Uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I guess I'm surprised that there is this much discussion on, on all of this and wasn't sure if it was stemming more from the Galilee Baptist situation. Uh, and that's kind of what got this ball rolling. That is what got the ball rolling. Okay. As, as I said, this is now for and the not that third, that's an issue no, that for the third time. We don't want anything to be perceived as voter suppression. I mean, that Correct. that is a really Absolutely. bad look and you don't want to do that. But also to those voters who might have normally voted at Galilee Baptist and they found it was not there. Okay, just because you voted there for years doesn't mean that that will necessarily remain the case. I'm the one who's going to have to say that. I don't expect an elected official to say that. Look, times change, population shift, reasons to to make these sorts of changes always happen as time goes on. Mm -hmm. A a lot of things you used to be able to do here in Bryan College Station, you can't do anymore for a whole lot of reasons. So I understand that you want to be vocal about this, but quite honestly, maybe it shouldn't be at Galilee Baptist Church anymore. Maybe it needs to shift to someplace else. And again, 
as long as you are giving enough opportunity, including mail-in, as screwed up as that appears to be, as long as you're giving people enough opportunity to be able to vote in other ways or other places, then I don't know that that should be the center point. But what it certainly was was the thing that got the discussion started. Yep. Okay. Sure. And you want you what you want as a voter is somewhere easy to get to that's on, along main routes, easy to park, get in, get out. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean that's that's all I want. I just want to pull up, go well, do my voting, and and go on with my life. Well, and again, I think we're spoiled around here with just in general, not just with voting. You know, you don't wait in line very often. Not much in this community. Nope. And so the the minute you know you start seeing these lines, it's like ugh. It's yeah, but when in reality, there's a lot of people who wait in all sorts of lines every single day for all sorts of aspects of their lives. And again, we're spoiled, and that's why we live here and we like it. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I think you're right, Dusty. You just uh, everything you said, and I just, I think we have a ton of locations and a problem. All, and and actually, kudos really need to go probably to the county for in uh, installing a system that allows you to vote anywhere, no matter oh, where absolutely. you are registered. Oh, absolutely. Imagine if you had to go to a specific location. Because the last time... Which uh, I still do if I if I actually... Okay. If I actually go on voting day, I have to go to a specific location. Right. Well, and that's... The <laughs> and thing. it's not always the same. Oh, okay. And that's the... the <laughs> sure. And there have been there have been changes. Yes, there have been in Southern County, in Southern Brazos County, I think they've, they've made a change there because it was the Welburn Community Center for a long, long time, and they've changed that. But I remember it was on Election Day, I guess, one of the one last couple of elections, and Jackie's one who votes on, on the day of. And she said, oh, and I haven't... It was like 5 o'clock. She said, oh, I haven't voted yet. And uh, so she was on the phone, and I said, well, look, you can go to the utility center in College Station, which is not where you would normally vote, but you can do that if you're close to someplace mm-hmm. else. I mean, that is one of the, again, the kudos to the county for coming up with that. But at the end of the day, we're not even talking 30% of the people who are registered voters vote. Right. So all of this discussion. Yeah. I mean, can't we go back to that and use that as a justification yeah. for we're trying to come up with an efficient And we system. didn't even touch on the lack of workers. True. In this conversation just now, like we, you know, you have to have enough people who are willing to volunteer. And as Trudy mentioned, the split shifts just don't work because then people are leaving early and you're you're leaving locations undermanned. It's like it's like the light switch. You turn it on. You expect it to be there. Mm -hmm. Understand there are challenges to the voter system. You expect to be able to walk in and just vote and turn around and walk back out. Well, sometimes that's not going to happen. But I, I. I have a hard time justifying we're not going to have a voting center because we can't find somebody. Tell us where the voting center is and then go out and find enough people to open them up. Well, I mean, I I hope that's the case. But, you know, once again, I'd like to know the median age of the of the poll worker. I mean, because it's 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 pretty high. It's up there. It is. It's pretty high. So that's kind of what and that's what I would think is maybe. And I'll have the chair people on. We will have the Republican and Democrat uh, county chair people on. Maybe it's up to them to get, you know, if they have young people who really believe in the election process, if they have young people who really want to get the vote out because they believe that the issues that are out there are important, then you know what? You need to find young people who come in and, and be election day officials. Agreed. So challenge there. 722. 1620-945-WTAW, 724, the Infomaniacs on a Thursday. I'm going to talk to Congressman Pete Sessions in just a little while. Okay, so almost... I found out what a rougerou was. Let me know. Yeah, it's a mythical creature that looks like a werewolf. 
So it was a legendary creature in French communities, which is okay. why Baton Rouge yep, uh-huh. makes sense. Would make sense. Uh, and it's kind of linked to traditional concepts of the werewolf. Oh. It's pretty creepy, scary pretty creepy looking. Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it all of a sudden now. Me too. Oh, yeah, I like that it's actually something. And it, is something right. it sounds like a made-up word. Correct. It's not Rougerou. like they just made that up. Now, yeah. sp- speaking of, that's kind of interesting. A travel writer blasted Scotland's Loch Ness as being boring and overhyped. It's oh. just a lake, he said. He described and he did. He said Nessie is a hoax. The writer and photographer from Seattle posted this scathing review on Facebook after visiting the lock. Was he expecting to see the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> right. Well, but listen, isn't the whole industry built on that? Isn't the whole, I mean, right? Uh, Don't yeah. you go to Loch Ness hoping to see the monster? Oh. People go on ghost tours and don't see ghosts sure, all the time. Sure, yeah. exactly. But he said it was his, quote, professional duty to visit the lock but described it as, quote, the longest, deepest, most boring, and most overhyped lake he'd ever seen. Okay. He said nothing remotely interesting is there about Loch Ness and that the Scots had come up with this, quote, fabricated story of the Loch Ness monster to promote the great waste of space. <laughs> he insisted the Loch Ness monster is not real. He said it's an empty hype. It's because he's a he non-believer. A he's, he's, yeah, I know. He is a non-believer. <laughs> and Nessie said, oh, I'm not coming up for you, bro. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. Hipster from Seattle. Yeah, get out of here. You're sending up a vibe. Yeah. yeah. What did he? That's, yeah. yeah. Standing there with your scarf stinks. around your neck. I don't drinking like your him. Starbucks coffee. Yeah. Exactly. Can't in. take yeah. your patchouli uh, smell. Yeah, I don't think people are going to Scotland just to see, you know, the lock, but. It's a, you know, yeah, that's a cool, I don't know. So there we go. So the Rougerou is a real thing. And uh, I mean, yeah, I went and stared at stars in a, you know, out in West Texas looking for orbs of light. And, you know, I still had a great time. Sure. Yeah. Marfa lights weren't there. (laughs) I didn't see any Marfa lights, but, you know, I had Dairy Queen at Marfa. But you're exactly right. It was a long flight or something happened. And uh, yeah, he didn't like Decided to take it out on the lock. Yeah, didn't like his hotel. So he says the lock is a ripoff. All right. 727. WTAW news time is 732. It's 71 degrees. This look at news, it's brought to you by West Webb All Britain and Gentry Law Firm, the experienced legal team for the things you value most. Good morning. I'm Chelsea Reber. The 40th year of the Texas A&M Faculty Senate is underway. Speaker Dale Rice said during this month's meeting that this is a time of celebration tempered by aspiration. There are times when our views are not sought, and there are times when they are, but then ignored. Occasionally, our position matters, but not nearly as often as it should. Rice says while the university hires the best and the brightest, leadership repeatedly uses outside consultants, specifically noting the president's reorganization. And then often dismisses the concerns you raise about those plans. That's why I believe our 40th year needs to be one of the Senate constantly pushing to have a seat at the table when decisions are made that affect our academic lives. Rice says they must redouble efforts in the areas of promotion and tenure, the appointment of university officials, and the much-needed expansion of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. College Station ISD school board members this month approved moving ahead with two career and technical education department projects being paid from last November's voter-approved bond issue. CSISD Facilities Director John Hall's recommendation was approved to use a construction manager at risk for the first phase of the district's $6 million CTE Ag Barn building. In this delivery method, the contractor assumes the primary 
financial risk of the project after they have provided a guaranteed maximum price for GMP for the project and the contract is executed. The volatile construction market out there right now, that's uh, very valuable, particularly right now. The board also approved spending $270,000 to install CTE canopies this summer at Consolidated and College Station High Schools. This metal canopy is needed to provide a sheltered area outside the main campus building for construction and agricultural related activities to give some protection from the sun and the rain. The board also approved spending $2 million in bond money for new audiovisual equipment at 16 campuses and $185,000 for a new chiller at College Station Middle School. More trees could be coming to College Station streets and highways. Landscaping was discussed during the last city council meeting. College Station Public Works Director Emily Fisher says assistance from TxDOT depends on the project. For 2018, the widening project, that is part of TxDOT's project. They will be installing the landscaping and will be maintaining it. George Bush, we had requested some areas to landscape. They put it in the project and, and built them for us, but th we in turn did the, the planning. Councilman John Crompton, who asked for the workshop discussion, said in the last three years, College Station has made what he calls quantum progress in this area. College Station voters are reminded that the City Council is holding a special meeting this afternoon at 5 to discuss the city's upcoming bond election. This follows three community meetings that took place during May to collect opinions about recommendations from the 23-member Bond Advisory Committee. If the council officially proceeds, August 10th is the first day they can adopt an ordinance calling for a bond election for November 8th. More information about possible bond projects in College Station is online at cstx.gov slash 2022 bond. Where Brazos County voters can do early voting ahead of the November general election remains undecided. County commissioners yesterday tabled action. Among opponents of moving early voting from Texas A&M's Memorial Student Center to College Station City Hall was College Station City Councilwoman Elizabeth Kunha. I am concerned that this decision has to be made in the summer when so many of them are not here to speak for themselves. They are dependent on those elected to represent them to act in their best interest. How many of them will actually vote? That is up to them. Providing continuous access is up to you. A commission majority is considering whether to add during early voting four more voting centers and extending voting hours into the evening for the entire early voting period. Elections Administrator Trudy Hancock says if there are not enough election workers, there would be additional problems during early voting and on Election Day. For in November, we have to be equally staffed between Democrats and Republicans. So say one side can find workers and one side cannot then I don't know. Hancock says split shifts don't work. We had that problem in the primary. We had some workers that were told they only had to work till lunch and they left before their relief got there and we ended up having that polling place, one of our busiest polling places, only had three people out there working the rest of the day. Hancock also says they have to ask the two cities and three school districts to share in the cost and confirm voting sites are available. Brazos County Commissioner Nancy Berry responds to County Judge Dwayne Peters' hope that a burn ban they approve yesterday will bring rain today. If we get enough rain this week, we can lift the ban next week, but That's right now true. let's put it on. The ban, which applies outside of city limits, will continue until September 28th unless it's canceled sooner by the county judge or the commissioners. WTAW news time is 737. It is 71 degrees. This look at news, it's brought to you by West Webb, All Britain and Gentry. More news at the top of the hour. I'm Chelsea Reber for 1620-945-WTAW. Hey, let's have a look at the weather. It's brought to you this morning by Malik Heating and Air together with Carrier. Keep your cool when the temperatures rise. Front of the line service, $0 diagnostic. Never an overtime charge for total protection plan members. Malik, feel the difference. Here we go.
Sunshine and some afternoon clouds today, high in the middle to upper 90s. Partly cloudy tonight, low in the middle 70s. Partly sunny on Thursday, some showers and thunderstorms may develop in the afternoon, high in the lower 90s. Partly cloudy Thursday night, low in the middle 70s. And intervals of sun and clouds on Friday with some afternoon showers and thunderstorms, high temperatures right around 90 degrees. I'm meteorologist Scott Kaplan, 1620-945 WTAW. And I'm Chris Dusterhoff coming up in sports. Astros beat the Mets 9-1 last night. Rangers 8-3 winners over the Royals. And Aggie relief pitcher Jacob Palish was named All-American by Baseball America. 741. Let's head out to uh, Washington, D.C. And Congressman Pete Sessions joins us. Congressman, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, first of all, the, um, the president is over in Europe, uh, I think in Spain today. Uh, what are you hearing from over there, uh, impressions that he's made or any of the talks that, uh, that you've heard among the, the G7? Well, this is important. This is important because the United States, as we have said many times, uh, Scott, when when America gets a cold, they get a full blown flu. We we need to understand that the the essence of what everybody needs is stability. Stability at a time when Russia is making more and more and more money off their global uh, reach that they have with their energy. And these other countries, even though we're in the midst of summer right now are concerned about what is going to happen in the future. So energy prices continue to rise. Uh, The United States is not in a position uh, politically to where they want to help these other countries. Uh, So it's going to be based upon stability, oil prices, and the ability that America has to help. But as you know, increasingly the Russians are making all the money they want off of holding the rest of Europe at, at bay. So the, the, I, I'm not hearing that the president has, uh, is a breakthrough in any way. Well, again, it's across the ocean, so a lot of uh, folks on this side don't necessarily understand that, uh, I mean, they, as you say, they're, they need what Russia has right now because there aren't any alternatives and the country's not moving very fast there. I'd like to get your observations on the stock market uh, Stocks down again yesterday. Uh, they had they'd done well late last week, but this all seems to be based on consumer confidence, and uh, that's an overall view of just how people think things are going. That uh, doesn't seem to be going well right now. Well, that's exactly right. So if you look at uh, the the index that comes out, it showed that the lowest confidence in the 55 years that that they have been pegging this. And so if you were accidentally to make a mistake, as I do, I tried to occasionally to watch the NNs or the Clinton News Network or the Communist News Network. They openly talk there about uh, recession. They are open about it. And it's the, the White House and the Fed are very much uh, in line with what is really going to happen uh, and they, they want to say, well, we're going to stay away from it. But this is where we had a discussion last week about stagflation. And stagflation will come before inflation because stagflation will be that frustration that is expressed. You've already heard the president for a number of months 
blame these things on the war that Russia is engaged in uh, with Ukraine. But then the president, I think, made a tactical mistake. He moved and started blaming energy companies. Energy companies responded right back with not only the facts of the case, uh, but also about how markets in the world work. And so this president is now going to move himself to stagflation. What is stagflation? Stagflation is when the Treasury and when the Fed use their tools that they have, and none of them are working. Well, people don't want to go back to work. The government's not back at work. Then you've got a circumstance where you definitely have interest rates that they are supporting are on the rise, which will slow down home building. It will slow down home demand. And so they, the, the things which they are having to use now, as opposed to getting people back to work, it's the middle of summer, and let's make our free enterprise system work. But they don't want that. They don't want to have to have people, unions, go back to work. So then you got the unions to counter with what they did, and they that is a lot of airlines, a lot of unions are now talking about uh, their unhappiness at work. And, of course, the marketplace is just in a mess. Anybody that flies saw there were 900 flights canceled just a day or two ago, a continuing trend that will bog down not only the American consumer, because about 70 percent is what they look at, 70 percent of consumer spending is what fuels our marketplaces. And that is down and in trouble. Obviously, the uh, January 6th hearings are showing up on uh, television. It's there if you want to watch that. But once again, I'd like to I'd like to hear what you have to say about this. For for a long time, I have talked to Republicans who do everything they can to tie Nancy Pelosi to the Democrat Party. Now the president as well. And I've listened to Democrats who try to tie Donald Trump to the Republican Party. Now, somewhere, somehow, there have to be more moderate Democrats and more moderate Republicans than those people, rather than Trump and rather than Pelosi. Why is there not a middle ground where there might actually be, or do you see that there could be, a third party of people who have a more moderate stance rather than pointing fingers at the other side? Well, in fact, what you're talking about, we have uh, alluded to before, and that is the country, by and large, is a 40-40-20 country. That is 40% they would vote for Mickey Mouse if he were on the left side, 40% who want an arch-conservative, or or mostly on the right. right. But what's happened is the middle has grown. I now call that a 40-40-24 as opposed to 40, 40, 20. So what is occurring in Washington is the the January 6th commission really came out blazing the way they did because President Trump has done such a good job to move over this entire year, but in particular the, the summer, the Republican Party that would be within his grasp. The Republican Party within his grasp we have seen our numbers grow as the, the, the Democrats have have uh, gone down because of inflation, because of the way the president is handling the market, because of 
the things that the that 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 President uh, Biden has done. I mean, he earned a demise of, of of those people, not just in the middle, but in his own party. Well, now you then get closer to understanding that they are trying to energize their base because they see that. Then the Supreme Court has a, a, a case that it decides and is igniting, once again, uh, certain people that might have been in the middle that were going to stay at home. So the problem is now is that Republicans who were looking at a great big victory, we were looking at probably 25, net 25 seats, maybe more, that is now going to be in the fight column. So both the right and the left at this point, months before the election, are both energized. And that is where we then go to a, a battleground that will be in a non-presidential election, this is going to be a blockbuster uh, election cycle. Stay tuned. Congressman Pete Sessions joins us on Wednesdays. You can hear the interview archived on our website at WTAW.com. Thanks for the time this morning. You bet, Scott. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Chris Dusterhoff with your morning sports update on 1620-945-WTAW. It's brought to you by Destination Brian. Your legendary staycation is right here at home in Bryan, Texas. One-of-a-kind restaurants, nationally recognized museums. Visit DestinationBryan.com for more information. Texas A&M Athletics Director Ross Bjork has named Veteran Project Manager Chris Valka as a Senior Associate AD for Capital Projects. Valka, a 2005 graduate, joins the department after serving as the Regional Division Leader for American Fire Protection Group. Valka will oversee the recently announced Centennial Campaign, which will feature constructions of an academic and wellness center, a football, football indoor performance center, and an indoor track stadium, as well as the redevelopment of the Bright Complex. Aggie relief pitcher Jacob Palish continues to bring in the postseason accolades, being named second-team All-American by Baseball America, the grad transfer from Stanford, appeared in 29 games for the Aggies this season, going 6-3, and three, with a 2.39 ERA and five saves. Baseball America is the second entity to name Palish as an All-American this season. He earned second-team status from D1Baseball.com as well. Staying on the diamond, the Brass Valley Bombers saw their three-game win streak come to an end last night, falling to the Baton Rouge Rouge Roos 7-2. A&M hurdler Jack Hamilton was touched up in relief, surrendering four runs, three earned, in two innings. The guys will try to get back on track this evening when they visit Baton Rouge again at 7. In the big leagues, Framber Valdez tossed eight shutout innings and the Houston Astros blew past the New York Mets 9-1. to Stroh's skipper Dusty Baker on Valdez's outing. Well, I mean, you know, he found his, his, his rhythm on his breaking ball and uh, he was locating his fastball well and it was great to yeah, see Yuli get some hits tonight, you know, and hit the ball at the ballpark. And so, boy, uh, I just feel like I've been feeling like for a while that we've been, you know, we're about to get it all together. So, uh, in the meantime, we just keep winning, hopefully. Kyle Tucker, Yuli Guriel, Jordan Alvarez all went deep for Houston, which moves to 19 games over 500. The Strohs will take on the Mets again today at noon in the Big Apple. Broadcast will be on the zone, 1150 a.m. and 93.7 f.m. 
In Kansas City, the Texas Rangers rolled past the Royals last night, 8-3. Marcus Simeon led the way at the plate, going 3-4 for four with four RBIs. His manager, Chris Woodard, after the game. I think we'll go back to the other way. I think today it was just getting the two lefties at the top against Heasley. Um, you know, he's had trouble against him in the, in the past and this year. So um, either way, I, th- I think those two guys back-to-back, either way you put them. Uh, Simeon was really good today. Uh, a lot of really good at-bats, and the way he played defense today was uh, pretty special as well. Simeon and the Rangers will go for the sweep this afternoon when they visit the Royals again at 1 o'clock at Kauffman Stadium. Deshaun Watson's hearing before the NFL and NFLPA's jointly appointed disciplinary officer, Sue L. Robinson's, is set to resume today. Watson's been accused by 25 different women of sexual assault or inappropriate behavior during massage sessions while with the Houston Texans. On Monday, one of the four active civil lawsuits was amended to name the Texans as a defendant, with Houston lawyer Tony Busby saying the team enabled Watson's actions. The 20. 20 NFL passing leader was traded to the Cleveland Browns in March and stands to miss a considerable amount of time in the upcoming season. And Serena Williams had a rather unceremonious return yesterday following the Harmony Tam in the first round at Wimbledon. On the men's side, second seed Rafael Nadal is moving on after rolling to a four-set win. And that's been your morning sports update brought to you by Destination Brian on 1620-945-WTAW. I'm Chris Dusterhoff. About a minute till 8 o'clock. Hey, we're giving away prizes today. We want to know if you can only have one streaming service, what would it be? Text us with your first and last name and your answer. Yep, 979-695-1620. So you think your diet's pretty healthy? Yeah, you're wrong. (laughs) I'd never claim that. Only 15% could accurately tell how healthy their diets actually were when they asked 10,000 people. Oddly enough, or interestingly enough, maybe, the people with the worst diets had the best idea of just exactly how unhealthy it was. (laughs) There you go. So they know. There. Um, So even if there's a nuclear apocalypse, uh, you won't be uh, getting out of paying your taxes. Apparently in the IRS manual, there are policies in place for collecting taxes after nuclear war. Just letting you know, okay? And in the meantime, only 12 people have ever walked on the moon. Four are still alive. The youngest is 86. Wow. Wow. WTAW, College Station, Brian. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.